Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you for another time in your presence. As we are gathered here, Lord, to share your word, we pray, Lord, that you have your way in us. Lord, I ask that you set me aside and speak to your people this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I'm talking on the, the topic, divine interruption. Divine interruption. You know how sometimes we pray for divine intervention. And sometimes we forget that there is also divine interruption. Where God interrupts the trajectory of our lives. And the things that we have planned, God will just interrupt them to bring to pass his own purpose. And we are going to use Matthew as our case study. Um, the life of Mary. Whose, Mary whose life was divinely interrupted and we're going to use that as our case study and then we'll talk about 10 things that we can do when our lives go through a moment of divine interruption you know there are some messages that you hear that resonate with what you are going through right now there are other messages that might not reflect what you are going through right now but you need them at some point in your life and so whichever place that you are right now I hope that this message will be a blessing to you. Amen. So Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 to 23. Now the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the lord through the prophet saying behold the virgin shall be with a child and bear a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which is translated god with us amen i know this is a story that we normally share during christmas and we talk about the wonderful birth of jesus christ and how god became a man and was born by a woman but we forget that at this point, it was Mary's life that was interrupted. Mary was getting ready to, to get married. In Israel, when somebody is betrothed to another person, it is like an engagement. It's like a marriage. And you cannot just walk out like in our days. You engage somebody. somebody can, you can easily change your mind the next day. But in that culture, it wasn't easy for you to walk out. It had to go through a legal process. And so it was like... Joseph was betrothed, uh, sorry, Mary was betrothed to Joseph and they were getting ready to marry. And so, you know, like every young woman who is getting ready to marry, I'm sure Mary had her expectations. Even of the wedding day, probably she had selected her colors. She, she's deciding on a number of people who are going to follow her, her bridesmaids. She's sent out some invitations, inviting family from all over to come and witness her wedding. So she was getting ready to, to get married, and it was, it was an exciting time. In fact, it's an exciting time for every young woman who, when you are getting ready to marry. 
And suddenly, as she was getting ready to marry, she had a voice and an angel spoke to her. And the angel said that you are blessed among women. Can you imagine that a person who is blessed was supposed to go through this? Because in the ancient Israel, if you are in the Jewish culture, if you are pregnant without and, and you are not married and you are pregnant, you are uh, pregnant out of wedlock, you can be stoned to death. So she was made like a public spectacle. She was made like something that people were going to despise her because people know that she's not married. Imagine even these days, people, when we tell people that Jesus Christ was born, Mary conceived Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit came upon her and she conceived and she gave birth. People still think we are mad when we share this story with them. People don't believe it. And imagine Mary having to explain to her friends, having to explain to her family members that the Holy Spirit came upon her and she became pregnant. It had never happened before. It was the first time, once and only time that it ever happened. How many people are going to believe this story when you tell them that the Holy Spirit came upon you and you became pregnant? They know that you are about to get married, but they see that you are pregnant. It was going to be a shameful time and a painful time for Mary. Her life was going to be interrupted by God's divine purpose. It was a wonderful thing that God chose her to be the one to, to give birth to the Messiah. But she had to go through some pain and had to go through some shame because she was selected and chosen by God. Because God decided to interrupt her life with his purpose. So Mary could have decided to focus either on the physical side, how people were going to despise her, how people were going to say all sorts of things about her. I believe some people will even say she's mad. Or she will focus on the divine and eternal purpose that God selected her to be the one to give birth to the Messiah. That years after she's gone, she's dead and gone, people were still going to remember her as the woman who gave birth to the Messiah. She stood the chance of being stoned. If you remember the story of the woman who was caught in adultery, the Bible says they picked up stones and they were going to stone her. And Mary was somebody who had not got, gotten married yet and yet she was pregnant. She had to explain these things to the religious leaders. Nobody believed her story. But God chose her to go through all this and sometimes when you are chosen by God, it does not mean that you will go through pain. It does not mean that you will go through shame. When God chooses you to be, to be the one to bring to pass his purpose, sometimes you will be despised by people. Sometimes you will go through pain. When God interrupts your life with his divine purpose, it does not mean that you are going to have a smooth ride. But at the end of the day, when the purpose, when the final purpose of God comes to pass, the people who despise you are going to celebrate you. And so when you are going through a divine interruption, you either choose to look at the eternal value or choose to look at the present discomfort. In the present, you will be going through some discomfort. In the present, people will be insulting you. 
People, you become the mockery of the people. I can imagine Mary's age mate laughing at her at that time because she was pregnant. And the only explanation she had for them was that I conceived this baby when the Holy Spirit came upon me. This had never happened before. They were not, they were not going to believe Mary's story. How many people were going to accept the fact? And that is why at a point in time, some, people, some of them even thought that Jesus Christ did not have a father. Because they did not believe the story. Even today, when we tell people that the Holy Spirit, Jesus was born of a virgin, the Holy Spirit came upon, Jesus, upon Mary and then she conceived and gave birth to Jesus Christ. People will still think we are crazy. And imagine Mary being put in the position that she had to explain this to her parents and explain this to her husband. The Bible says that Joseph, being a just man, didn't want to make Mary a public example. That meant that for them to break that um, uh, engagement that was between them, they had to go to the religious leaders. And Joseph had to say that this is what has happened between us. And so I don't want to marry this woman anymore. And then they'll be separated legally. But the Bible says that he didn't want to make a public example of her. She didn't, he didn't want to put her into public shame. So he was deciding that he was going to separate with her quietly. And then the angel visited Joseph and spoke to Joseph. When God sends you on a divine assignment, when God interrupts your life, he will definitely put angels your way who will speak for you. And so when the angel spoke to Joseph, he decided at that point that he was going to accept Mary. And the Bible says that they lived and he did not know her until she gave birth. When Mary, when the angel told Mary all these things that were about to happen to her in Luke chapter 1 verse 38, Mary's, the Bible says, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Sometimes when you choose to fight God's purpose, there is no way you are going to succeed. And so Mary submitted to the will of God. It was going to be painful. It was going to be shameful. People were going to despise her. But she said, be it. She understood everything in the culture. You see, sometimes when we read this story, we don't place ourselves in that culture and think about the things that were going on and the things. Today, the story is a wonderful story to us. But at that time, for a young woman, that was not going to be a wonderful story. But she said, be it unto me according to your word. The Bible says, and the angel departed from her. What are we going to do? How do you handle situations? How do you handle moments when God chooses to interrupt your life with his divine purpose? The first thing is that you pray for guidance. When God interrupts your life, when things are happening in your life and you don't understand what is going on, when you have made your plans and you decided that from, from day one, from this day, Monday, I'm going to do this. And Tuesday, I'm going to do this. When I'm 30, I'm going to do this. When I'm 40, I'm going to do that. When I'm 45, I'm going to do this. And when those plans that you have made are interrupted by God's divine purpose, the first thing you must do is to pray. Sometimes the first thing that people do when their lives are interrupted by sometimes painful events is that they stop praying. 
You've heard people give excuses of how they stopped praying because their grandmother used to pray and their grandmother was sick and God did not heal their grandmother. Their father used to pray and their father used to be a very good Christian and their father was sick and God did not heal their father. And when their lives are interrupted by painful events of events that they are not expecting, sometimes the unfortunate thing is that the first thing people give up is their prayer and their fellowship with God. But that should not be what you do. When you go through trials, the Bible encourages us that we should pray. The first thing we should do when we go through times that are painful is to pray. When we go through times that are are not convenient, we should pray. Jesus Christ, when he was was about to go to the cross, that was a painful moment for Jesus Christ. That was a difficult moment for Jesus Christ. That he even came to his disciples and told them that I am in sorrow, so pray with me. Jesus Christ admitted before the the people who were following him that I was in sorrow, pray with me. And Jesus Christ went into the Garden of Gethsemane and the Bible says there he prayed. He prayed unto God to give him strength. He prayed unto God to give him direction. And the Bible says that angels came to strengthen him. Sometimes when you pray and you cry out unto God, God will not take you out of the problem. God will not take you out of the pain, but God will give you the strength to go through the pain. And so Jesus Christ prayed in the time of his trial. Jesus Christ had had a successful ministry on earth for three years and he knew that his divine purpose, he knew that his divine assignment was to go to the cross. And so when Jesus was praying in the garden of Gethsemane, he wasn't praying that he didn't want to die on the cross. You know, sometimes people say, Jesus said, if it was possible, let this car pass me by. He did not mean that it was, if it was possible, let me not die on the cross. But what he meant was that at the, in his, the first time in his life, he was going to be separated from the Father because our sins were going to be laid upon him on the cross. And so he was going to be separated from the Father. And so that was what he was praying, that if it was possible, let not that separation happen. But then Jesus was not praying that he should not die on the cross because Jesus knew, sorry, I'm deviating. Jesus knew that his purpose on earth was to die on the cross. And he lived all his life waiting for that moment to die on the cross. But he was going to be separated for the first time from his father. And that's why when he was on the cross, he cried that my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that was what he prayed for in the garden. But in the garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus Christ was going through an interruption in his life, what he did was to pray. And the Bible says angels came to strengthen him. And so the first thing we must do when we go through painful moments, when our lives are interrupted, is we have to pray. No matter how difficult it is, sometimes it means that you have to cry. It's okay to cry. But after you finish crying, just wipe your tears and pray. Pray because prayer is what will bring you the strength to go through whatever you are experiencing. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and, and, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The next thing you must do is that consider the difference it will make in eternity. When God divinely interrupts your life, consider the, the difference it will make in eternity. Mary could have focused on the fact that he, she wanted to have a wonderful wedding and nothing was going to stop her to have, from having her wonderful wedding. She could have chosen the, the present um, uh, 
gratification instead of the eternal purpose of giving birth to the Messiah and being called the mother of the Messiah. But Mary decided to choose the eternal purpose. And she said, Behold, be it unto me as you have said. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, for the joy that was set ahead of him, he knew that if he went through the cross, the cross signifies uh, signifies the pain that Jesus has to go through. The cross is, is how people were going to despise and spit upon him. The cross is when he was going to be disgraced in front of his followers. But the Bible says Jesus Christ looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond the pain. He looked beyond the storm. He looked beyond the interruption. And he had his his eyes on the joy that was set before him. Sometimes when you are going through painful situations and you are going through things that are not so pleasant and when God divinely interrupts your life, you must look at the eternal purpose. That is the only thing that will strengthen you to go through whatever you are going through. If you look at the joy that is set before you is the same thing Jesus Christ did. When Jesus Christ carried the cross, when he was being um, when he was being whipped by people that he had created, he saw beyond the pain and he had all of us in mind that if I'm able to endure this pain, if I'm able to go through this cross, if I'm able to give my life, this, all these people all over the world will one day become children of God. And so the joy that was set before him was what he was looking at. He knew that after he had endured the cross, he was going to sit at the right hand of the Father. He knew that after he had endured, endured the cross, he was going to be given a name that was above every other name that at the mention of his name every knee was going to bow and therefore he endured the cross knowing that one day he was going to win all of us back into heaven if only he had endured the cross and so bible says jesus christ endured the cross he despised the shame that he had to go through because of the joy that was said before him. Sometimes when you go through unpleasant moments, when you go through things that cause you pain, you must look beyond the pain because there is nothing that will last forever. There is no situation, no condition in your life that is going to last forever. You must look beyond the pain. You must look beyond that cross and look forward to the joy that is set before you. The Bible says because he looked for the joy that is set before him, he despised the shame. He was able to endure the cross. He was able to despise the shame. And today, he has earned a name that is above every other name. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. When the Bible says Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father, it means that Jesus Christ is sitting at the hand of the authority of the Father. The Father has given him a name that is above every other name. Right now, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow. Even people who don't agree with the gospel, there comes a time, there will come a time that when the name of Jesus is mentioned, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. The next thing you have to do when you are going through a divine interruption is that understand that no situation will last forever. I mean, we, and we are witnesses to this. There have been seasons in our lives that we thought would never end. There have been painful seasons in our lives that we felt was going to break us. We thought this was the end of our lives and nothing was going to come out of us again. But we survived it. We came out of it. Amen. 
And because we came out of it, we know that we continue to live on and our lives will bring glory to God. In um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day for our light affliction. Very interesting. Anytime I read this scripture, I look at the description that the Bible gives to our affliction. This was written by a man who was going through affliction himself. And he says that the afflictions that we go through are light. That's how the Bible describes it. In verse 17, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. And so whatever pain that you are going through, the Bible says it light. Wow. Sometimes, you know, when you go through situations and you're like, God, why me? Why am I going through this pain? God, why? If it was possible, please bring me some help. You know, if we had some painkillers that we could take for some of the pain, life pain that we go through, I'm sure we would have taken it, right? But the Bible says every affliction that we go through here on earth is light. The Bible says, so your light affliction, which is but for a moment. What that means is that every affliction you are going through is temporal. It's not permanent. It says it is for a moment. Every pain that you ever experience on earth has an expiry date. It will expire at some point. You go through it and you forget it as if it never happened. It says for our light affliction, which is bad for a moment, is working for us. Wow. Can you imagine that the pain, the affliction that you've gone through actually worked for you? So every pain that you have experienced on earth, this is your attitude. This should be your attitude towards the pain. One, it is light. Two, it is temporal. It is for a moment and it is working for you. And so this is one of the scriptures that I go through when I, I go to when I'm going through any situation that feels like it's painful. I go through the scripture and the Bible says for this affliction is light. This affliction is for a moment. It has an expiry date. This affliction is working for me a far more eternal weight of glory. It means that when you compare the pain that you are going through right now and the glory that is going to be revealed later, the glory far outweighs the pain. And so whatever pain, whatever affliction that you are going through, the Bible says it is light. It's for a moment. It is working for you. And when you compare the pain to the glory that is going to be revealed, the glory far outweighs the pain. This should encourage you in your moment of pain. In the moments that you are going through things that you feel you are unable to handle. The Bible says that God will not bring any situation your way that you are not able to handle. And so when things happen to you, know that you are strong. When painful things happen to you, know that God believes in you, that you are strong. You can go through and nothing will happen to you. Your afflictions are light. They are for a moment. They are working for you. And the glory that will be revealed will far outweigh the pain. The Bible says in verse 18, while we do not look at the things that are seen, and so you don't look at the pain, you don't look at the circumstances, you don't look at the things that you feel are incomplete, the things that you're expecting that has not come to pass yet, the things that are causing you pain. The Bible says we do not look at those things that are seen, but we look at those things which are not seen. For the things that we see are temporary, but the things which we do not see are eternal. 
So the things that we cannot see are eternal. The glory that is going to be revealed is eternal. Today, a lot of people pray, even pray and mention the name of Mary. The glory that was, was revealed as a result of Mary enduring the pain is eternal. 2,000 years later, we are still talking about Mary because she went through the shame. There were many women at that time and God could have chosen anyone, but God chose her to go through the pain. Imagine that you are blessed so much. The angel said you are favored and yet she had to go through the, that pain, that shame, that mockery from the hands of men. But the angel said you are blessed. The angel did not tell her about the pain. The angel told her that this is what is going to happen. You are blessed among men. That is how God sees it. When men look at the things that happen in the physical, God looks at the end. And that is what the Bible says. Jesus endured the cross because of the joy that was set before him. Divine interruptions changes our lives for the better. When God interrupts your life, it changes your life for the better. There is no one in the Bible whose life was interrupted. And mind you, when you read the Bible, you see God interrupting people's lives and bringing to pass his purpose. And always when God interrupts somebody's life, the end of that person is better than the beginning. Imagine our father Abraham. He was there with his parents and was having fun in his father's house and God interrupted his life. God picked him out of his father's house and said, go to a place that I will show you. David was a young shepherd boy and was looking after his father's few sheep. And he was there in the bush and was playing his harps and was singing and was writing psalms and was having fun. God interrupted his life and said, I wanted to make you a, I want to make you a king. He was anointed to become king. As soon as David was anointed to become king, there the trouble, the trouble started. David had to run for his life. He had to hide in caves. At a point in time, he had to join the enemies of Israel because he was anointed and God chose him and God interrupted his life. Because God decided to use David, he had to go through all that pain. So divine interruptions are not really pleasant but they always make, make our lives better. They change the trajectory of our lives and they make it better. Than the, David would have remained a, a, a poor shepherd boy looking after his father's sheep, but God picked him up, anointed him, strengthened him to go through pain. At a point in time, the Bible says, the men who were gathered to David were men who were disgruntled, men who were, owing, who, who were in debt, who had troubles, and they all joined David. And David turned these men around, and they became mighty men. Look at these disciples. They were ordinary fishermen who were going about their business. They just wanted to do their business, make some money, go home and sleep, live ordinary lives and die. That's all they wanted to do. But one day Jesus Christ went there and saw them, this fisherman, and said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They left their nets. They left their family. They left the boat and decided to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus interrupted their lives. But then today we are still talking about Peter. We are talking about John. We are talking about James. Can you imagine? If they, they chose to remain ordinary fishermen, we will not be talking about them today. Divine interruptions always makes our lives better. Even though in the, in the moment where our lives are interrupted, it might not be pleasant, but at the end, our lives are going to become better. This should encourage you. Maybe you don't need this message right now, 
But know that when one day when God interrupts your life, it is going to make you better. Endure the pain because of the joy that is set before you. Count it all joy. The next point is count it all joy when God interrupts your life. In James chapter 1 verse Wow, okay. James chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says, My brethren, count, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, various trials mean it doesn't mean one trial. It means one, two, three, four, five, six. Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So when there's more than one trial that you are facing in your life, the Bible says, count it all joy. When you are going through the pain, sometimes it looks like this verse cannot make sense to you. How can you, go, how, how can you count it all joy when the Bible says that the moment you are going through the pain and you are sharing tears, the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And so the Bible says that when your faith is tested, it is going to produce in you patience. And therefore, when you are going through trials, when you are going through painful moments, when you are going through moments that you think that you cannot hold on, the Bible says that count it all joy when you go through diverse trials. Our attitude to face the world and to face the things that happen to us in the world is to remain joyful because our joy does not come from the circumstances. Our joy comes from our relationship with the Father. And when we know that we, no matter what happens around us, our relationship with the, with the Father is intact, then we can count it all joy. No matter what pain we go through, the relationship with God is intact. It is not affected. And that is the only reason why we can count it all joy when we go into diverse trials. Because our joy is not depend, dependent on the things that happen around us, but it's happen, it depends on the relationship we have with God. And so count it all joy when you go through diverse trials. When you're having a bad day, you're having a bad month. Even sometimes you feel like you're having a bad year. The Bible says, count it all joy. Because you are not forsaken. Like our worship song says, in our Father's house, there is a place for us. Everything that is, you are going through is working for you and will, will bring in you glory if you are able to endure to the end. Amen. The next thing is that you must maintain your confession. This is number six. Maintain your confession. Do not give up your relationship with God. Do not give up your profession as a Christian because of pain, because of things that happen to you, because of interruptions that happen in your life. Do not give up your confession. In Job chapter 2, verse 9 to 10, the Bible says, Job's wife came to Job and said, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? 
In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And so look at Job. He lost everything he had in one day. Everything that Job had, he lost it in one day. And his wife said, are you still holding on to your integrity? Just curse God and die. You have lost everything. What is there for you right now? But Job said that, no, he wasn't going to do it. He held on to his confession. And in the end, his end was better than his beginning. Everything he lost, he got more than he lost because he looked at the joy that was set before him. Because the affliction that he went through worked for him a far more exceeding weight of glory. And so Job held on unto his confession. He did not listen to people who came to him to tell him to curse God and die. He did not listen to his wife, but he held on unto his profession. He held on unto his faith. You see, most of the times, the things that happen to us, the first thing it attacks in our life is our faith because the devil is after our faith. The first thing, the pain that you go through attacks is your faith in God. It causes you to doubt the presence of God. It causes you to doubt the promise of God. It causes you to doubt the love of God. But hold on unto your confession and profession because God is faithful. And he will never, never forsake you. The Bible says that Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And so no matter what you, what you go through, you know that Jesus is with you in that pain, in that dark moment. And that is why David was able to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You see, the place that you see the shadow, before you can see the shadow, then the person is still there. And so what David was saying was that even though I am facing death, even though I am going through death right now, I will not be afraid because you are with me. And so we should know that God is faithful and he has promised never to leave or to forsake us. We can go through low moments in our life that sometimes we think that God has forsaken us. Sometimes we think that God is not there with us. Sometimes we think that God does not even care about what we go through. But know that God cares about every single heartbeat. He cares so much about you that the Bible even says that the, the hair on your head is numbered. It's not that God has counted them. It's not that God knows the number of them. He has numbered every single hair on your head. That's how much God cares about you. That if one hair falls off today, he knows the number of that hair that has fallen. That is how detailed God is concerning you. That is how much he cares about you. Amen. Amen. Number seven. We must know that whatever happens is for God's glory. As a child of God, the day you said that you have submitted your life to God, whatever happens to you will bring glory. God is able to turn around every situation that happens to you for his glory. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 12, this was a time that Paul had been imprisoned. Now, before Paul went into the city of Philippi, of Philippians, he had a vision. In the vision, there were people in Acts chapter 16. Some men 
he saw some men in a vision who said to him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And he said that from that moment, he perceived that God was leading him into, this, into Macedonia. And so when he went into Macedonia, the first city that he came in was the, the church of Philippi or the Philippian church. And this was when he was writing to this church. At this point, Paul had been imprisoned. He went through so many situations because he, he obeyed the voice and went into where, the direction that God was telling him to go. And he was imprisoned. But Philippians is one of the books that talks so much about joy. But this was a time that Paul was in prison and he wrote the book of Philippians and he was speaking about joy. This tells us that joy is not connected to what happens around us. Joy is connected to our relationship. And so this man who was talking and encouraging other people to be joyful he was going through pain himself and so philippians chapter 1 verse 12 he says but i want you to know brethren that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel and so even though paul was arrested and put into chains and he was put into jail he said it resulted in the furtherance of the gospel you remember the story how the jailer received jesus christ and his family received jesus christ and they were all baptized it was all because paul had been in prison at the point where paul had been in prison not for doing anything wrong but for going to preach about jesus christ but he maintained his joy that even in the prison, in the cell, he was singing and praising God. And because he was singing and praising God, the Bible says the foundation of the prison was shaken and the doors opened. At that point, the jailer and his family accepted Jesus Christ because Paul maintained a good attitude in the midst of his pain. I can imagine if Paul was one of us or some of us, he obeyed the voice of God to go the direction God was telling him to go. At that place, he was caned 39 lashes just for obeying God's voice and preaching in a city. After the 39 lashes, he was put into prison. Wow. It was a good moment for Paul to complain and tell God, why have you, I obeyed you. What have I done wrong? Why me? I'm an obedient child. I'm just following your instructions. But at that point, in prison after taking the 39 lashes and his young mentee who followed him to the missionary journey i can imagine at that point he could have also started complaining why did i even follow this man everywhere he goes they are beating him why did i even follow him but they maintained the joy of the lord they were singing praises and thanking god at midnight after they have been lashed 39 lashes they were praising God and thanking God. And because of that attitude, it was able, they were able to further promote the gospel that the jailer and his family came to salvation because they maintained a good attitude in the midst of their pain. In the midst of the interruption, they maintained their confession. They maintained their profession as believers and they did not curse God. They did not speak against God because they know that the one who has called them is faithful. Right. I'm just going to give one more. I have three points here. I was just looking through which one would be best to, to end with because of time. I'm going to end with the last one. Remain faithful to the end. 
when you are going through situations that you don't understand, when you are going through interruptions in your life and your expectation that you don't understand, remain faithful to the end. Remain faithful to the end. Because in the end, God will glorify himself. Don't give up. Life might be painful. It might be more than you bargained for. It might be more than you expected. It might be beyond your expectation. But it will not break you because I know the word of God is true. That says that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. And so if you see that you are going through so much pain, know that God believes in you that you have so much strength. And so God believes that you can handle you can handle whatever you are handling. And that is why he allowed you to go through. And so remain faithful to the end. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. The Bible says that do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days, but remain faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Jesus gave this revelation to John and was telling the church that, listen, you are about to go through all this pain, but what I expect from you is to remain faithful unto death. It means that even if it's going to cost you your life, stay faithful, and I will give you the crown of life. So whatever you are going through, no matter what is going to cost you, remain faithful to the end. At a point, Jesus asked Peter, that are you also going to leave? Are you going to follow them? Are you going to leave me? Are you going to leave me? Are you going to stop following me? Peter said that we have nowhere to go because we know that you have the words of life. If you are a Christian, know that you have chosen the right path because there is life in Jesus Christ. And because you have chosen the right path, no matter what comes your way, decide that you are going to stick to that path. Decide that you are going to remain faithful to the end because God has a promise for you. I just want to end by saying that sometimes our lives will be interrupted. Those interruptions are not pleasant, but they will make us better. Those interruptions are not things that we enjoy, but if God's hand is in, in, that, in that interruption. Know that your end is going to be glorious. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Shall we pray?